Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. So it's just emotions that are taking you over. Now, I'm not going to do that in the falsetto voice like you just heard, but I want somebody to tell me who that group was so I could send you a $10 Starbucks card and buy you a coffee this week. You just tell us who the artist was of that song, and I will respond to you today and shoot you a gift card for Starbucks for this week for you. Hey, good morning, Warehouse Church. Good to see everybody in the house today. We're so blessed to be able to share our online service with you. Our online service community is growing, and that's been an exciting thing to see. We had our highest number of watches last week, and we really look forward for the opportunity. We're not just hoping that you watch, but as Johnny was talking to you earlier, we hope that you connect to us and make sure you fill out that online card so that we can reach out to you and pull you in, and hopefully we'll see you in the house someday, but we're just as thrilled that you're watching with us today online. So we're in this series called Emotions in Motion, and if you remember back to week number one, Emotions in Motion was a song by Billy Squire, irrelevant, but uh, this week in our Emotions in Motion series, I called my talk to you today, do you have trust issues? Now, I want you to respond to me right now, okay? I'm going to ask you that question again. Do you have trust issues? If you have trust issues, I want you to give me a thumbs up, a high five, or some kind of weird emoji, uh, maybe a face with like the squiggle lips on it or something, okay? But I want to know if you have, tr- if you have trust issues. Do you have trust issues? Uh, I know a lot of us do. Maybe if we have, and there's a lot of reasons that, that we have trust issues. We have trust issues because of past hurt. We have trust issues because people have broken their word. But, you know, here's another reason we have trust issues, and I think this uh, is something that you need to consider when you're trusting others. A lot of times we have trust issues because we know ourselves, and maybe we have failed in that area, and because we have let people down, we are very sure that other people are going to let us down. Regardless, The fact of the matter is all of us in one way or another in some area in our life have trust issues. And I want to talk to you not just about the trust issues that you have with other people today. What I want to focus on with you today for a few moments is understanding the idea that you and I could fully trust God. So I want to read you a story in Daniel chapter 3 about three young men named uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then we're going to go over to Psalm chapter 20 and really kind of get some good foundational truths on how we uh, can trust God. If you remember in Daniel chapter 1, it was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were told uh, they were supposed to eat the king's meat. They were captives from Israel to Babylon. They were prisoners. They were slaves But because they were smarter and taller and had all these different qualifications, they were brought in to uh, be part of an educated group that was going to help modernize the city or whatever kind of responsibilities they were going to have. 
And one of the king's representatives wanted them to eat the king's meat, uh, which was not meat that they would eat in their Jewish customs, wanted them to drink strong drink, which again, they wouldn't do in their Jewish customs. The Daniel plan was started, of course, by Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they said they were only going to eat beans and pulse, or just basically vegetable and water diet. And when they finished at the end of that diet, they were actually bigger and stronger than all the guys that were eating the king's meat. So there before a picture and after picture was, maybe they were skinnier, and now they were a little bit more muscular. Well, that kind of started the Daniel, you know, the Daniel plan, and we have that today. Uh, and it's funny. Diets are funny. People do those before and after pictures, and they crack me up. Uh, those before pictures of, that people do before they lose weight, they're kind of, you know, they're frumpy looking, maybe because of extra pounds or whatever. They have the COVID haircut, which means the non-haircut, of course, a big scraggly beard. And, and I've seen people uh, post diet pictures, right? They'll show themselves as something really nice and skinny and tight, uh, they'll, do, they'll use some tanning cream or some softening, skin softening cream to make themselves look shinier. Uh, they'll do all those different things. Beautiful haircut, nice shave. Their teeth even look a little wider to accentuate the fact that they lost some weight. And it's, it's, it's something that you've seen as well. But in this instance here, specifically, I want to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They earned some trust with the king's court. And when they did that, they were given responsibilities. Well, a few chapters later, one of the king's guys told the king, hey, listen, you're the greatest king in the whole world. You need to put up a big monument of yourself. And in the middle of the day, everybody needs to stop what they're doing and worship you. Well, Daniel, of course, who's not part of the story, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not going to bow down to this false idol that this man made of himself. Even though he was king and was powerful, he wasn't God Almighty. And they got caught. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 12, it says, But there are some Jews whom you, king, have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now, when you heard the sound of the horn, the flute, uh, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing, a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hands? Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't trust Nebuchadnezzar, but they trusted God. Listen to this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the Lord God we serve is able to deliver us from you, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So Nebuchadnezzar was mad. You go on to read the story. He throws the three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace, 
And when they saw them in the middle of the fire furnace, they cranked up the heat, even so the guy that cranked up the heat died from doing it. And when they looked and saw these guys in the middle of this furnace, there was not three people there, but there was four. And it wasn't Daniel that was with them. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who was standing with them. God delivered them. And they trusted that if they obeyed God, that God would deliver them. Now we're going to go over to Psalm chapter number 20. And just understanding this idea of learning to trust God. Learning to trust God. Now God is fully trustworthy. And it's not the fact that he needs to prove himself any more than he has already proven himself. That he has earned our trust. You just need to get to know him better and understand how and what he wants to do in your life to show you how much he loves you, what he's done for you, and the trust that you can have in him because of what he's done for you in your life. So learning to trust God. If you want to trust God fully with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you want to put your full faith and trust in him. Whether you're a believer in him, you can put your, if you're not a believer in him, you can put your faith and trust in him today. If you are a believer in him and you're having some trouble maybe trusting him with your resources or trusting him with your family or trusting him with your job or trusting him with your future, we're going to talk today about how we can fully trust in God and how he has proven himself to be trustworthy to you. So here's the first thing I'll submit to you today. Number one, if you want to trust God, we have to learn how to pray with hope. Pray with hope. We need to pray to God, talk to God so that he can respond to us. And when we pray to God, we'll go through the first five verses in Psalm chapter 20. It says this, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. Answering means you're crying out to him, right? So may he answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the Lord God of Jacob protect you. May he send help, send you help from the sanctuary and grant your support from Zion. May he remember all of your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for, for, vict- for your victory and lift up your banners in the name of the Lord our God. And then it says this again, may the Lord grant you all your requests. In verse number one, we see that the the author of this psalm, it was David, was praying for protection. He was praying for support. He was praying to be remembered by God because of his obedience. He was praying to be blessed by God. And he was praying that God would save him. He was letting all his requests be made known unto God about his personal life of protection, support, remembrance, personal blessings, and to be saved from his enemies. God wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to depend on him, and he wants part of the relationship that you have with him. Listen, it's all him. He's provided everything he needed to do so that you and I can have a personal relationship with him by allowing his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven and become children of God. It is a wonderful, wonderful story of what Jesus Christ has done for us. But it's interesting sometimes when you think about it because we learn how to trust God with our forever, right? God, please save me. I'm looking forward to living and walking those streets of gold. I'm looking forward to being in heaven forever with loved ones that have gone before me. We, we give God our eternity, but sometimes it's hard for us to trust God today. Well, here's the question I want to ask you. If you haven't, prayed and asked him and trusted him for your eternity. I hope you'll do that today by the end of this message. But I also want to encourage you to learn how to trust in God for your daily stuff, your daily needs, 
your daily challenges because he wants you to know that he's there. He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. He's promised that he would never be a debtor to you when you're faithful in your giving. He's promised that he will always be with us. And we need to believe that and pray to him. God, I'm in trouble. Let me ask you a question. You're online with me today, okay? And I want you to respond to this just out of a very, very, I'm not asking you to get super vulnerable and share your story. I just want you to know, how many of you have ever been in trouble? Right? Put your, give me a little high five or something on the comment bar. I've been in trouble before. I've cried out to God when I've been in trouble. I have an email prayer that I have in my is it my outbox or inbox or, you know, kind of in email purgatory? I don't know what that's called. I've typed it, but I haven't sent it because God doesn't have an email address. But I was in my office one day, and I was praying to God about some things for our church. And I just, I don't know why I did this, but I felt compelled because I was doing some emails earlier that day, and I was kind of in that mode of writing to people. And I just got on my computer, and I wrote, Dear God, you are faithful you are here, and I'm afraid, and I need you right now, and I'm not seeing the answer to this thing that we've been praying for for a long, long time, and God, I'm asking you to, to, and I'm paraphrasing what I wrote, but I'm asking you, Father, to show yourself not so anybody else will think that I am right. God, please answer this and provide so that people will see who you are. And I'm telling you, God has done some glorious things in my life and in our church when we go to him with that kind of attitude. The attitude of God, please provide and make yourself famous or make yourself known in the process. God, we need you. And you know what? God wants us to need him. You say, that sounds like God is codependent, right? As a grandparent, I have these little exercises that I do with my grandkids, wanting them to respond to me. I want them to hug me. I want them to kiss me. I want them to pay attention to me. It's like I'm a codependent, right? I need them. God wants to be part of your life, and he's proven that he'll be faithful to you if you're submitted and surrendered to him. So if you're learning to trust God, the first thing we do is pray with hope. Pray pray believing. Pray knowing that he's there. Pray knowing that his will is going to be done. Pray with hope, knowing that that's what lies within you with meekness and fear is that hope that he has given to us to share with others. Pray with hope. And as we trust him, here's the second thing I'll tell you today. Uh, We need to share with confidence. Look in verse number six. Now this I know the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers from his heavenly sanctuary and the victorious power of his right hand. And listen to this verse right here. This is great. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They brought us, they brought to their knees, they are brought to their knees and fall, but we will rise up and stand firm. David is speaking from personal experience. We talked about David and Goliath a couple weeks ago. David saw God and his faithfulness and his strength when David defeated Goliath. But do you remember what David said to Saul when he walked up and saw Um, Goliath cursing out God and cursing out the nation of Israel and cursing out King Saul and all the army guys. David said, who is this guy that he defies the armies of the living God? 
he can't talk about God like this, basically, is what David said. And David said, I'm going to go, and the only, I don't need your armor, Saul, because I have God. By the word of the Lord, God's going to deliver this giant into my hand, and we're going to have victory today. And he claimed that victory for the children of Israel that day because the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord. We share with confidence. What do we share? We share God's story. I want you to look at this graphic with me. It's going to come up on your screen right now. And you'll see here, this, I call this the God circle of trust, right? We see God's design. What was God's design? God created man perfect, and he created man to have fellowship with him. That was his design. Everything he created that God created was good. But then you'll see something happen, and that was sin, right? And sin led to brokenness, and our brokenness broke our communion and fellowship with God because at the day that, uh, that sin entered into the world, death came because of sin. And because of that, all men are born into sin, so therefore when we're born, we're born separated from God. We're broken individuals. I'm not saying you're broken this morning. I'm saying all of us are broken. This guy talking to you right now is a broken individual. But what happens with our brokenness God wants us to repent and believe because of what? The next circle is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's design of creation was perfect. We messed it up by our sin and we were broken. So God did even something that was even greater than his creation by providing his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that you and I can repent and believe and have a relationship with him. That's the power of the gospel. And when we understand the power of the gospel, we can recover and pursue what? We can recover and pursue God's original design of perfection. Now we can't be perfect, but understand this. We're the ones that broke the circle of trust with God because of our sin. And God did this. God, God created the heavens and the earth Sin messed it up. But God not only created, God provided a way for us to have a relationship with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, then we and as we repent and believe, here's what God has done next. God designed, God provided, and today God is preparing. Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to bring you to myself that where I am, that's exactly where I want you to be. And that's what he tells us in John chapter 14. So we share trust. We share the story of trust with confidence. We share the story, the gospel story. And here's the thing. We share our story. What's your story where you learn to trust God? As personal Savior, I learned to trust God when I was 12 years old, uh, when a man named Mr. Caroselli sat down with me and helped me understand that Jesus loved me and wanted to forgive me of my sins and, 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 and wanted to have a relationship with me if I just believed that he died to pay for all the bad stuff that I had done and that he lives today so that I can have a relationship with him. And on that day, when I was about 12 years old, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart, and I was saved. But you know what? I didn't like start like really living for God. I said, what does a 12-year-old do, right? What's the big repentance that a 12-year-old needs to do? I, I've disobeyed my parents, right? I've thrown a rock through a window. I've started a fire, right? It wasn't any big thing that I've done when I was 12, but I knew that everything that I had done was forgiven. But I didn't fully learn to trust God with my earthly future, honestly, until I was in my 20s, and I gave my life. To, I said, God, my whole life is yours, 
Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'll serve you there. I'll give. Whatever it is, God, my life is completely yours. And you know what I could tell you? Since I was 24 years old, and we've been on a journey of life together, not just because we're in the ministry. Our life is not necessarily in the ministry by vocation. Our life is in the ministry because God showed us day after day after day after day after day that we could trust him. Through scary times. Listen, that doesn't mean we haven't suffered loss. That doesn't mean we haven't suffered from pain or suffered from from, from uh, things that other people have done to us. But I can tell you what's never left us, that's the presence of God in our lives, knowing that we were serving him exactly the way that he wanted us to. And we learned to trust him. So when God told us to go, we were able to go. The first go was hard, but the second go was easier. The third go, now it's hard because of relationships, but the go was easy because we knew God was going with us. And that's this idea of trust. We could share with confidence. You could share your story. You don't have to be perfect, saved for 20 years, leading a life group, leading a volunteer ministry. Those are great things. We want those marks of maturity in your life so you can lead other people to Christ. But you know what I find, and I've, I've seen this in so many people's lives, The fire of soul winning is usually in people that have been saved for a shorter amount of time than a longer amount of time. There's a great old hymn. It says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And I think that really refers to the trust and the, the, the intimacy of that personal relationship with God that is so, so special and sweet. He's there. He's with you. But when you had just accepted Christ as Savior... The understanding that I am going to be a citizen of heaven. I am a citizen of heaven now. I have God in my life. I've been forgiven. I've got to start telling some other people about it. And it feels like, it seems like to me that the best soul winners I know are people that haven't been saved very long. So don't think you need a theological degree and have to have gone through all the 16 steps of this or that and Bible study and discipleship. You share what happened to you when it comes to your personal relationship with Christ on how he loved you, forgave you, and came into your life when you asked him to. And now your life is cleansed and whole, and you're now a child of God. Because here's the thing. In verse number nine, it says this. The Lord will give victory to the king and answer us when we call. He's going to answer us. You know what we can do? We not only pray with hope like we told in the beginning, and share with confidence, but we pray with hope again. Because victory after victory after victory after victory that you've seen God do in your life, you could talk about that. But you can also pray knowing that great things are ahead in your life. And I'm not talking about prosperity and and buckets of gold dumping on you because you're faithful in this area. But I am gonna say this, God is gonna show you that you can trust him if you put your full faith and trust in him. So I want you to think about this, and I'm gonna ask you some questions as we wrap this up today. Number one, do you you struggle with trust? Do you struggle with trust? Just write yes or no. Write it right now in the the comment bar. Do you struggle with trust, yes or no? Now don't comment on this, but the follow-up question to this is why or why not? Why may be because people have hurt you and broken your heart and, and things like that. Why not maybe? Because maybe because you never put your faith and trust in God and, and allow him to prove himself faithful to you. 
Number two, what are you praying for with hope today, personally? Are you praying for provision? We have people in our church that don't have jobs right now because of, of the, the, some of the ramifications of the pandemic. We have people that are going through some things right now with health. We have people going through some things right now with their finances and relationships, and they're praying about those very personal things. What are you praying for with hope for today? I shared with the church last week, I'm praying for today with hope for God's provision for our church. And listen, this is not a message about giving. I'm going to share something that's on my heart with you right now. I'm praying for God's provision because the first two months of the pandemic, man, we've seen people giving super duper awesome and even extra like crazy. And then, then we had uh, provision in other ways that were just unbelievable. And, and we, because of that, have been able to get out of debt. But it just seems like right out of that, after that second month when things were going great, the giving went, and I'm praying with hope today that God will speak to hearts of his people and provide what his church, warehouse church, needs to do the ministry that he's called us to do. I'm not telling you to give. I'm telling you to pray. If God's telling you to give, listen to him. But that's what I'm praying for, for our church and for our church family. What reasons do you have confidently to share your story and his gospel? The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.15 that we're supposed to be We're supposed to be in a place in our life where we're prepared to share the answer of hope that lies within us with meekness and fear. Meekness and fear meaning knowing that it was only by God's power and God's grace that we've been forgiven and can have a relationship with him. But preparation means that you know what happened to you. I prayed, I confessed, I gave my heart to Christ. I put my full faith and trust in him. And listen, the end of that story is not a lottery ticket or some kind of golden rainbow. Here's what, the, here's what the, the, the progressiveness, the progressive part of that story is. And on that moment, my heart was cleansed. And God worked in my life. And God worked in my family's life. And God started working in my kids' lives. And I was able to share my neighbor about Christ. And I, invented some, I invited some friends to come. They sat with me in church. And some of those friends invited Christ to be their personal savior. That's the confidence that we have in him. That he that began a good work in us will be faithful and complete it. Here's the last question. Do you have anybody in your life that you know? Husband, wife, son, daughter, grandchild, friend at work, neighbor? Do you have anybody in your life that you know today that needs to trust God? Can I encourage you to do something with me today? Let's pray. If you've never prayed and received Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to do that with me today. If you see that need and you're ready to put your full faith and trust in Him. But the second, as we continue to pray, let's also remember those that we know that need Christ as Savior or know that, that need God's presence in their life today. Let, let, let's remember those today privately. And I'm going to pray with you, and I want you to pray. If you want to receive Christ as your Savior today, you pray this prayer with me. But at the end of that prayer, let's remember others and pray that others will come to know God because of your testimony, because of your story, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you want to pray and receive Christ as Savior today, would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes and let's pray together. Dear Father in heaven, you just say that with me right where you're sitting today. Dear Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me of my sin? Come into my life today and save me. I put my full belief and trust in Jesus today. Thank you for dying 
so that I can have my sins forgiven. And I'm so thankful that you're alive today so that I'll be with you forever and ever. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. And then say it to him, say amen. If you prayed with us today, invited Christ to come into your heart, would you shoot me an email, pastor at warehousechurch.com and let us know about that, pastor at warehousechurch.com. Let's continue to pray. Father, I have people in my life that need to put their trust in you. Maybe they're already saved and they're just struggling financially or with a job or with their health or with a relationship or with some kind of emotional distress. Father, help me to to be a stabilizing presence in their life, but may, may, may what I bring into their life be the confidence that I have in you because of what you've done in me and what you say in your word. May Psalm 20 be a, be a prayer of victory that they could pray in their life. Help me, Lord, to be sensitive to their needs. And maybe what they just need is somebody to love on them and to listen and just to pray with them. But help us to be careful, to demonstrate care so that they too can learn how to trust in God. Help us to be patient and long-suffering and kind and merciful and gracious. And here's the key, Father just like you have been to us. God, I thank you that you are the most trustworthy presence in my life that I have ever experienced and ever will. And help me to talk about that today. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody say it with me. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you for jumping on with us today. I hope this was an encouragement to you. We still have a couple more messages left in this series, Emotions in Motion, a couple more fun songs to share to give you a chance to win a Starbucks card. But you make sure that you go on uh, to that email address or on or that website and register with us online today just so we can know that we're with you and we can start sending information about our church. If you live in the North Texas region and you're looking for a good church home, Warehouse Church, our doors are wide open. We're practicing all of the safe distancing and cleanliness practices that, are, that have been laid out by the state of Texas. We're allowed to meet now at 75% of room capacity, which really means that we have room for you. Our kids' ministry is open. We're very clean. And we have got some great things coming up that we would love for you to be a part of. So if you're looking for a church home, we want you to know that this church home is waiting for you with our arms wide open. And we're ready to invite you in and be a part of this church family. Hey, thanks for watching today. We'll look forward to visiting with you tonight at 6 o'clock online as Kim and I uh, will go online tonight and... Uh, have an Ed Talk again on Wednesday night with our group and Bible study experience. Kim and I do something. And then just all throughout the week, just keep watching and, and praying. And we look forward to seeing you again in the house very, very soon. God bless you. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for watching with us.